0: Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is Joshua Sasso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time, where we've always got fresh and exciting revelation for you each and every week. And I hope you guys are excited for the message today. We are going to be continuing what I talked about last week regarding how God is restoring the judges as in the days of old. But... Before we continue, I just want to remind you that if you enjoy this broadcast and you want to support our ministry, then you can go to our website, SOGMI.org. Again, that is SOGMI.org, and you can hit that Donate button. Right now, as you are listening to this broadcast now, Pastor Chris and myself are actually in Kenya right now as we are partaking in a healing crusades and a women's conference There in Kenya. And so it is so exciting to see the doors that God is opening, allowing us more and more opportunities to preach the gospel and disciple God's people. So that's so very exciting. And we are sure to have a miraculous supernatural report that is very exciting that you guys will hear about in the future. So if you want to support us, again, you can go to our website SOGMI.org and hit that donate button. It supports things like this broadcast it supports our ability to go overseas and disciple and train people in the body of christ now moving on to our main topic as i talked about last week god is restoring the judges as in the days of old and the judges they were not like kings or rulers they did not have royal lineage They did not come from necessarily a privileged background. They may not have been rich. It didn't matter where they came from. They all came from varying backgrounds. We know that Deborah was a woman in a time where women were thought of lesser than men. We know that Gideon was from the weakest clan in his region, and he was considered the lowest in all of his family. But despite that, God called him. And we know that Samuel, who was the last judge, was only a child when God called him. So what was the unifying factor that all of these judges had? It was that they heard the voice of the Lord and they obeyed. And as we are moving forward into this season of miraculous manifestations, this season where we are going to experience transfer of wealth, influence, affluence, back to the body of Christ— God is raising up people from various backgrounds. They're going to be nameless, faceless people, people that we might not know of. Maybe they didn't even have a previous ministry, but they hear the voice of God and they obey. And God is going to continue to uproot man-made institutions, man-made hierarchies and structures. He's going to continue to shake things in the body of Christ amongst those who have appointed themselves. So against self-appointed people, against man-appointed people, but rather the spiritual leaders moving forward, they're going to be appointed by God. We're talking God-appointed people. And let me tell you, as we move towards that future, then we are truly going to be entering a new, exciting, miraculous season. And I believe we really are going to manifest the kingdom of God here on earth like it's never been manifested before. That's why God has continually told us that the move of God that he desires to bring here on this earth will eclipse everything that came before it. It starts with each of us as individuals. We each have a choice. Are we going to answer God's call? Are we going to hear his voice and obey? Or are we going to continue to do our own thing? And we know the Israelites... When they approached Samuel and they said, we want a king to judge us, to go out before us, and to fight our battles. They were abdicating that responsibility that comes with hearing the voice of God and obeying. They wanted to thrust it upon a single person. But God's shaking that up now. He's going to raise up people that are willing to take on the responsibility to hear the voice of God and deal with the issues in our lives, deal with our heart issues, and really take on the challenge firsthand. But it's so exciting because as we do that, God is really, truly going to bring us to the promised land to rule and reign with Christ Jesus. So we're going to continue along that thread. And I want to begin in First Kings chapter 13. It says, verse 1, By the word of the Lord, a man of God came from Judah to Bethel. As Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make an offering, by the word of the Lord, he cried out against the altar, Altar, altar! This is what the Lord says, A son named Josiah will be born to the house of David. On you he will sacrifice the priests of the high places who make offerings here, and human bones will be burned on you. That same day, the man of God gave a sign. This is the sign the Lord has declared. The altar will be split apart and the ashes on it will be poured out. So here we have a man who people did not know of, who is from another place, is not from the area, and God gave him instructions to prophesy to an altar, to an inanimate object. And it's so funny because. Here is Jeroboam, he's in the middle of ceremonies to sacrifice at this altar. So they're in the middle of all their ceremonies, and this man just comes up and decrees this prophecy to this inanimate object, interrupting all of their routines, their traditions, and everything. And we think that's kind of funny, because God will sometimes call us to do things that might seem a little bit ridiculous. Because, you know, if God says, go ahead and prophesy to that altar you might think, well, God, there's people that are using it right now. That might be a little bit embarrassing. I don't want to create a scene, right? But this man of God obeyed the Lord, no matter how ridiculous prophesying to an inanimate object might seem. And so he made this prophecy that the altar will be split apart and the ashes will be poured out of it. Verse 4, when King Jeroboam... Heard what the man of God cried out against the altar at Bethel, he stretched out his hand from the altar and said, Seize him. But the hand he stretched out towards the man shriveled up, so that he could not pull it back. Also, the altar was split apart, and its ashes poured out, according to the sign given by the man of God by the word of the Lord. So there we are seeing instant manifestation of the prophetic word that this man of God decreed. And this is the kind of season that we're entering into where God is going to instruct people to declare a word. He's going to instruct people to carry out an instruction. And we're going to begin to see instantaneous supernatural manifestations to those of us that will obey and have faith in God. And so it says, then the king said to the man of God, intercede with the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored. Because if you remember, the king, he pointed and said, seize him and it shriveled up. So the man of God interceded with the Lord and the king's hand was restored and it became as it was before. Again, see, this is an instant manifestation of healing. This is an instant manifestation of the word that God had spoken and had given to this prophet to deliver. So this is the season we are entering into. Now, the king, seeing all of this, right, he offered the man of God. He tried to say, come with me for a meal, and I'm going to give you a gift. But the man of God answered the king, even if you were to give me half your possessions, I would not go with you, nor would I eat bread or drink water here, for I was commanded by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread, or drink water, or return by the way you came. So he took another road and did not return by the way he had come to Bethel. And this is the important part, okay? God had given this man a specific instruction, and the king was going to offer him money, perhaps, was going to offer, you know, a chance to dine and eat with the king and receive a gift from the king. That is, you know, something that is held in high regard. But the man of God valued the word of the Lord more than anything the king could offer him. So you have to ask yourself, Is God's going to send me out to transform nations, to turn the hearts of kings, if I'm presented with riches in exchange for disobeying an instruction God has given me, will I be able to continue to obey the word that God has given me? And that is something we have to ask ourselves. Now, continuing on, though, the story does not end there. In verse 11, it says, Now there was a certain old prophet living in Bethel, whose sons came and told him all that the man of God had done there that day. And so, the man of God asked his sons, where did he go? And they told him, and the man of God immediately got his donkey and rode out to meet him. So when he rode out to meet the man of God, he found him sitting under an oak tree. And this is what he asked him. He said, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? I am, the man replied. Verse 15. So the prophet said to him, Come with me and eat. See, now this is a similar kind of invitation from the king. The man of God said, I cannot turn back and go with you, nor can I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. I have been told by the word of the Lord I must not eat bread or drink water there or return by the way you came. The old prophet answered, I too am a prophet, as you are. And an angel said to me by the word of the Lord, Bring him back with you to your house so that he may eat bread and drink water. But he was lying to him. So the man of God returned with him and ate and drank at the old prophet's house. And as this story continues, because the young prophet disobeyed the instruction of the Lord, he died, and he did not make it back home. He was not buried with his ancestors or anything. Now why did this old prophet lie to the young prophet? You have to kind of ask yourself this. What is the reason that the old prophet would deceive him in this way. And you have to think, okay, here comes a young prophet who is unknown, who does not have a previously established ministry, who is now suddenly getting the attention of the king of Bethel, who is now getting all of this recognition. And this old prophet, perhaps he had a ministry for a long time. Perhaps he had his heyday and now things have kind of fizzled out. But who is this young prophet to come about so quickly and so quickly rise to prominence? Perhaps he thought to himself, well, I've been here for 30 years, maybe. Who are you to do this? And this is what we have to understand, is that think back to the very first murder in the Bible. The very first murder that happened in the scriptures was between Cain and Abel. Cain, the older brother, saw his younger brother doing right before God. He saw that his younger brother gave proper sacrifices. He did right before the Lord. He gave his first fruits before God. And because of that, God looked favorably upon him and blessed him, while Cain did not do the same. And Cain became filled with bitter jealousy and bitter envy. Nonetheless, he knew why his brother prospered, because God came before Cain, and he said to him, if you did right, would you not also be blessed? But rather than look at his own self in the mirror, rather than look at his own actions, he sought to destroy the one that forced him to see his own shortcomings, And this covetous, bitter envy is the kind of envy that causes a brother to murder another brother. And here we can see this same kind of thing happening, where this old prophet, he's leveraging that, well, he's an elder, he's been in the ministry longer than this young prophet, so surely he should know better, and he should be in a higher position of prominence. You see, this is a method of control. Well, they can't become more anointed than me. They cannot surpass me. And this is something we have to understand. Who were Jesus's biggest opponents when he was ministering here on the earth? The biggest opponents, those who opposed Jesus the most when he was ministering, they were spiritual leaders. They were the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law, the ones who preached In the synagogues who taught in the synagogues they opposed jesus every step of the way everywhere he went they sought to discredit him everywhere he went they challenged him publicly in front of other people maybe in an attempt to disgrace him and they even resorted to putting him to death in the most gruesome and vile way being flogged to where he was unrecognizable and then nailing him to a cross And why did they oppose Jesus so passionately? It's because he threatened their position. He was undermining the hierarchy that they had become so accustomed to. They had become so accustomed to their position of prominence, to their place in society where they saw themselves as above other people. And because of that, they opposed Jesus to the point to where they were willing to put him to death. So this is what we have to understand is that As God is shaking things, as God is doing a lot of displacements and replacements, the people that God is raising up are going to be nameless, faceless people. Some of them are going to be very young. Some of them are going to be in the new generation that is coming up. And they're going to begin to experience supernatural, instantaneous manifestations. They're going to rise to prominence very quickly. And people whose ministry, maybe they are self-appointed or man-appointed— who have become accustomed to their position, are going to oppose them. This is what we have to understand, because people will try with all their might to hold on to their positions of authority and their positions of prominence. Now, despite this, I want you to remember, though, even though the young prophet was deceived by the old man, right, the old man leveraged His authority over him. Well, I too am a prophet. And you know, I've been here for years and years and years. Even though that old prophet deceived him and sought to become a stumbling block, God still held the young prophet responsible for disobeying him. And this is what we have to remember. When God gives us an instruction, when God gives us a directive where we hear it straight from him, we have to treat it as holy and we have to make sure that nobody can come in and twist it and inject their own agenda into it. And we have to keep it holy before God. Because if we allow other people to come in and twist the vision that God's given us, God is going to hold us responsible for it. Because he's the one who gave us that word. He's the one who gave us that instruction. You have to remember, Moses spoke to God, face to face, but Moses could not enter the promised Land because he did not treat God's instruction as holy before the nation of Israel. God said to speak to the rock to bring forth water, and in Moses' anger he struck the rock, and God said, because he did not treat him as holy before the nation of Israel, he wasn't going to be able to enter the promised land, and this is what is so important for us. God is giving us a call. God is giving us instructions. We have to hold that instruction so close to us, we have to guard it with everything that we can and treat it as holy. I want to take you back to Genesis, right in the creation account, the original sin. When the serpent came to tempt Eve, the serpent did so by casting doubt on the word of the Lord. God said, to eat of any tree in the garden, but do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But when Eve relayed this to this serpent, what did the serpent say? He said, Did God really say that? Did God really say that you're not supposed to eat from this tree? That is the kind of spirit that those that seek to twist the word of the Lord are operating in, In the same way, this old prophet came and he said, well, I too am an old prophet, and this is what God told me. See, he's casting doubts on the original instruction that was given to the young prophet. And this is what we have to be wary of, because that kind of twisting, that kind of perversion of the original instruction is what led to the original sin of Adam and Eve partaking in that fruit. Did God really say that? Did he really say that? So because of this, we have to take the instructions of the Lord. We have to write them on the tablets of our heart. We have to keep them in remembrance and make sure that we're always holding it in front of us, that we never forget, we don't allow people to twist it, and we follow it 100% through to the best of our ability because we have to keep it as holy before the Lord. Amen. So hopefully you're following me with this because the replacements and displacements, they're already happening. God's already raising up people that many of us maybe haven't even heard of before. And they're going to come from various backgrounds, but the thing that they have in common is they hear the voice of the Lord and they obey. And we too can be one of those judges. God is raising up judges to rule and reign with Christ. And he's restoring those judges just as in the days of old, before Israel had a king. We have the opportunity to step into that position. And it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter if we're a woman, whether we're a man, whether we're poor, whether we're rich. And it doesn't matter how old or young that we are. All that matters is our faith and obedience to Christ Jesus. Deborah was a woman. Gideon was the weakest in his family, in the weakest clan in his region. And Samuel was just a boy when God called him. So don't allow anybody to limit what God is able to do in you. The same God that raised Jesus from the dead, the same God that created all the heavens and all the earth, is living inside of you. And if we are willing to listen to the voice of God and obey We are going to see supernatural manifestations, the likes of which this world has never seen before. And that is so exciting. God is truly beginning to move. And you can see that in every major industry, things are becoming restless. For those of you that are called to the arts and entertainment industry, and I've talked about this previously, they are becoming so restless in Hollywood. They are becoming so restless in the entertainment industry, in the television industry. Even the streaming industries, things are becoming so restless. And the same thing's happening in all the other industries. God is preparing the way for us. And it's going to be just like the Israelites when they entered the promised land. The rushing of the Jordan River didn't matter because God parted the seas for them. The fortified walls of Jericho didn't matter because God knocked down the walls for them as they obeyed. The vast armies of all the kings and all the nations didn't matter because God fought on their behalf. You know, it's sometimes God would throw hailstones down at the enemy forces. So we've got the God of all creation on our side. All that's left for us to do is to obey him and continue to revere him as holy. Amen. So I hope you're getting something out of this. God is really so excited to see supernatural things happen in the earth, but we're running out of time, so I've got to close up. Again, Pastor Chris and myself, we are in Kenya right now, discipling God's people and healing the sick and prophesying over the nations. And it's so exciting. We're going to have a wonderful, exciting report for you in the coming weeks. But it's not too late if you do want to support us on this mission, if you want to just support this radio ministry in general, then again, you can go to our website, SOGMI.org. Again, that is SOGMI.org and hit that donate button. You can also listen to our podcasts on our website and we're on Spotify now. You can go to Spotify and you can search for the prophetic voice of our time and we're on Spotify iTunes, Google Podcasts. It's the prophetic voice of our time, and you can listen to all kinds of teachings just like the one that you're hearing now. But I am just about out of time for this week. Before I go, I want to say a quick prayer with you. So I thank you, Lord, for each and every person that is hearing the sound of my voice right now. I decree and declare, God, that you are stirring up in their spirit, God, such a passion to seek after you with all their heart, God. And I thank you, God. I speak forth to those people that have been in the background for so long that you are raising up now those nameless, faceless people, God. I thank you, God, that you are filling them with courage. You are filling them with boldness. And I thank you, God, that they will not turn to the right or to the left, and they will not hearken to the voice of a stranger, but they will remain steadfast in their walk with you. And I speak forth now, Victory in every area of our listeners' lives, Lord, in Jesus' name. I speak forth healing in their lives, Lord, in Jesus' name. I speak forth financial breakthrough in their lives now, in Jesus' name. And I call forth healing of relationships, healing of families, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, because we truly will walk in your victory. We will walk in your freedom every day of our lives, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, this is Joshua Saso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International, and you've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. Until next time, God bless you. Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you.